welcome to Sandspace. Today I'm here with Mike Kausch. I think I got that right. He's the editor of Evolve magazine and a friend that I encountered at the Emerge gathering last year in Berlin. And he's recently published a really beautiful book, the name of which I don't know that I'll translate correctly, so I'll allow him to introduce it. But Mike, it's really good to have you on the podcast and sort of start this conversation because there's so many things for us to explore. Great. Thank you very much. Great to be here. And yeah, it was great to meet you. And I'm looking forward to that conversation. And the book you are talking about is not yet published. It will be published in July. But I'm I'm working on the last little edits. And it's uh, called in German, Auf der Suche nach der verlorenen Welt, eine Reise in die poetische Dimension des Lebens, which would mean in English something like uh, searching for the lost world, a journey into the poetic dimension of our lives. Something like that. Beautiful. And so I think maybe we start at the end, uh, at the present moment, with what you've sort of been hammering away at and giving form to in this book, and then maybe a little bit of sort of what's fed into that and perhaps a little bit about how you've been drawn to emergent dialogue as well and how you've been involved in that. So what's sort of the, what are the, some of the poetic dimensions of life that you are drawing out in this work? Yeah, I mean, this book is really also an emergent uh, process. It has been and it still is, it's still continuing uh, for me, this this topic. And now the, the book is finished and there will be, I guess, also further books on that topic because it really, it really emerged for me. And it's also a topic that is, um, is part of my life since early youth. So this poetic dimension in many ways um, was always a part of my life and also um, came out of a longing, I could say, for a deeper understanding, a deeper connection to life that led me to, to many things in my life, to, to, spiritual, to spiritual search, to, to certain type of engagement in work, when I worked, for instance, in hospice care or my latest work with, with Dialogue and the Evolve magazine, for me, that's kind of all, all part of it. And it's, mm. it fed into, into this book and into the kind of emergent sense. Oh, all of this wants to be somehow further explored in the form of a book. And, mm. um, and that's what I did. And, and I tried to to understand my own fascination with poetry and with with the poetic perception of the world. And I felt there is something in the poetic dimension of life that is much more than than just a, a kind of type of, of um, literature or something to read, which is beautiful. But I felt that also the poets that I was always drawn to, they were, they were poets, obviously, 
but they were doing it with their whole existence. So it was not a kind of a hobby or a writing method. It was it was kind of uh, bringing one's own whole existence on the line, so to say, and finding through poetry ways of speaking to that, um, inquiring into that, what what the deep what the deepest meaning of life is or of the life is that the poet was encountering in their own life and in, in, in the challenges and in the in the deepest moments of um, bliss so and in the book I kind of um, try to try to bring that down to certain qualities that I call qualities of a poetic art of living which are which are 12 um, uh, qualities that I found are inherent in the poetic dimension of life and and I'm exploring them in that book and then we can go into that if you want but we maybe there's also something else you want to know because that that it will take us quite deep <laughs> into yeah it. I mean really. it's it's just interesting it sounds as if the the life of the poet the life practice the way of living is greater than the poetry itself and the poetry is almost the attempt to pull that through that greater experience through into words that can be shared and then when we read the poetry somehow we're getting a window into that larger way of seeing that the poet inhabits mm -hmm. yeah i think so i think that's also for many people the fascination with poetry that it's a very it's a very certain use of words that is different than an intellectual understanding or a kind of rational uh, inquiry it speaks more to to a sense of of imagination of intuition of 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 um connect connectedness mm. you know and and i feel that's the fascination with poetry when when we read a poem that is that is touching us we feel it it's somehow speaks to a deep intuition in ourselves of how to how to be with the world mm. and 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 poets that have a have a have a capacity to express that in words often can can make that bring that in resonance in us you know when you read a poem and you feel oh wow this is it opens a, a view of the world that is inherent in me and i know it's there but sometimes it's it needs this little spark or this kind of door opening to <laughs> to get into that to get into that um view you know and and that's for me what poetry can can do to to open that view and also and that's my idea with the book then to also see it's not only the the um the gift of 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 poets <laughs> to be in that poetic state it's actually much larger and not to undermine also the the particular gift that that great poets have but also to see is actually speaking to a way to be with the world that i think is of of great resonance or great uh, significance for, for us as human beings to really be deep at home in the world and and also caring for the world and so for me this also has a has a very much also a, a, a political dimension you could say or a, or a, um, 
a dimension that has to do with how we actually are in the world and also how we are in a world that has so many so many crises at the mm -hmm. moment and and i feel also that the poetic way of being in the world has has answers to that 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 are of different kind than than kind of rational solutions or or um or kind of en environmental concerns they're all good but i think the, the poetic sense can also uh, infuse all of those other activities with with a certain depth and warmth and mm -hmm. and and um connectedness and and soul soulfulness to to put it in a in a, in a word and and that's that's really what kind of emerged from me also writing the book this this significance and um and uh, yeah i'm trying to bring that out and, and introduce people into into maybe this kind of significance of of the poetic perception of life <laughs> yeah i i love the soulfulness there's something about that word for me like <clears throat> in the last year has really started to take on a new life and a new meaning. I think, you know, previously I, the notion of spirit was much more alive, but now soul is really um, coming into its own. And it's amazing when a word can really blossom in its meaning. Um, so you've, uh, you've published in Evolve magazine essays by John Viveki, who also has sort of been looking at this problem of meaning crisis, crisis of alienation and disconnection. Um, and it sounds like you're sort of understanding the present moment from another lens. And I'm wondering, you know, in John's work, he's really drawing things up from the soil. He's drawing from the past. He's drawing from um, the ancients and the Enlightenment thinkers and so on. I wonder if you could speak a little bit to the history aspect of this and how it's sort of changed your relationship to the past to um, go on this journey with the poetry. You mean the past uh, in terms of our human history or my own past? <laughs> I'm interested in both, Mike, so whichever mm -hmm. feels uh, okay. more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, um, yeah, there's definitely a, a deep tradition that I feel connected to. I mean, in, in, in human culture. And I'm, in my book, I see it really also as a kind of a, what's the word, reference to, to the early romantics. This is a, a movement in particular in Germany that uh, I felt as far as I, um, when I when I began to know about those those movements, those those poets and thinkers, felt a deep affection to because they were at the beginning of modernity, you know, when when the kind of scientific method and the and the and the rational approach to the world was kind of getting really getting really going, like uh, in the beginning of the 1800s, then they um, they. They said, "Yeah, that's great. I mean, they 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 welcomed the the movement to to more individual uh, uh, autonomy, 
you know, that people can actually, oh, we can, you know, we are not just following the church and what people tell us, <laughs> but there's also this creativity in, in oneself. You know, I can, we can actually, you know, have uh, create our lives um, from our own, also understand the world from our own and inquire deeply, you know, and, and those early romantics like uh, Novalis, which is a famous German poet and, and some others, and they were having, they also had a kind of a group in, in Jena in, in Germany where they met and also did dialogue. <laughs> and, and they called it, uh, actually, it's a German word, it's Zum, um, Philosophian. So they, they said they're not philosophizing on their own, they're doing with each other. It's kind of philosophizing with each other, which is mm. very much dialogos, you could say. Mm. <laughs> they were really inspiring each other and 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 um and I felt and then they were at this moment where modernity took took kind of took on speed, they also said, Oh, wait a moment, maybe. We also need to to uh, not lose something, or, or also include in our way how we how we use our own human capacities to create and to understand the world. Also, the inner dimensions of imagination, of of poetic sensing, of um, of deep uh, inquiry into into also images that hold a lot of meaning. So they were, they were saying, yeah, that this is the science and, and the good thing about them or what, what I find inspiring, they were really combining it. They were really philosophers. They were kind of really going into the, the, the um, philosophy that was emerging at that time. They were poets, they were artists. They also, uh, you know, thought about how, how a different kind of theology could look like. They were also scientists. I mean, Novalis was uh, studying, um, I don't know how you call it in English. He was kind of studying how to, uh, um, you know, when you go underground into the mountain and, and uh, mining, you know, he was a, he was a, a kind of a, a specialist for mining and geography and things like that. So he was very much into that. And, and, um, yeah, I could go on long about that, but and also Goethe, you know, is kind of famous for bringing in a whole different way of of approaching um, a scientific method. He was he was he was developing a method that is not just kind of uh, you know uh, cutting things apart and then inquiring into them, but actually looking how, for instance, with the plants, he did a lot of research on how plants grow, how they actually form, how they how they live. So he was he was researching from from observing, from being with what is, and really seeing how is this living, how is this unfolding, and can I sense that in myself is unfolding? And it's a very different scientific method, and uh, then just you know cutting the plant and kind of dissecting it, and oh, this is there, and this is there. And, 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 and so, and I feel connected, very much connected to this, to this whole area, you could say, of, of, of cultural inquiry that emerged there in this time, and was also 
you know, taken on by others. There are all many streams you could name that kind of took that further. I mean, also the romantics in 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 other countries, or then the the um, you know the 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 poets and philosophers in in um, in America, like Walt Whitman, and and this whole mm. uh, kind of um, um, tradition, you could say. And, and people like Hermann Hesse in Germany, up to philosophers like Heidegger. I mean, there's a lot of, there are all kinds of streams moving through through human culture that I find interesting. And I felt always drawn to uh, some of those in, in, in my own search and also in the research of the book even more. And I feel that this tradition actually holds something for the future in it. And that's that's why I feel this uh, this um, I find that historic connection very interesting, and also um, interesting in terms of how to respond um, to to the challenges we are in now. Mm. Because maybe just one thing about because you mentioned John Verveki and and um, what he is also trying to to kind of uncover is this different ways of knowing. And he speaks of one one way of knowing this as the participative knowing, you know, where you really participate in what you what you know, you mm. know. And this is very much what what, for instance, Goethe was was doing in his research. He was he was a participative scientist, mm. <laughs> and 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 I feel this really, as also John Bavecki says, this kind of knowing that is much more embedding you into the experience of of the world and its meaning and it's really being in being in the world i mean that's a heidegger term but really being being you know going going beyond or underneath the alienation that 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 is there in our culture in many ways i feel that has a lot of significance for for our own lives, for for social interaction, and for how we respond to to ecological crisis, or even to to something like uh, conflicts, you know, between people, between nations, and and so I feel there's a lot of there's a lot of potential in there that is not fully uh, not has has not really fully bloomed yet. That's wonderful. Yeah, like the sense of all of those roots, all of those streams are coming through into the present, but there's also a, a future for them insofar as you know, you, you are the vessel that is drawing all of that together. And I wonder if on this journey, you had a sense of, um, you know, often for me, there's a sort of mysterious feeling of like, oh, I've been drawn to the exact uh, philosopher or text or piece of poetry that I, I needed to discover in this time. And there's a feeling that it is being gathered together through me in, in a new way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. I mean, that's that's what I enjoyed or enjoy also in the process of, of writing because I really experience it as a deep dialogue. Mm. You know, many of the things that I that I also now was saying and, and I write in the book also come from our dialogues in the magazine, you know, the Evolve magazine. 
and other dialogues that we do in the with the emergent dialogue work. And then also in the writing, you know, I discover, like you're saying, I discover philosophers, poems, poets, and and they they open a door, and then in a way you entered you enter this this inner space where they are all present and 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 you know and then there's a new voice coming like oh wow I never heard about that and 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 they are speaking to something that you thought <laughs> in another direction and it and it and it emerges this this mm. dialogue of of voices that are not just uh, information but they in a way I I sense them more in a hard space because they they because it's you know I'm writing this book but it's also it's it's not new in a way it's just it, it's said by many people in different ways and and then in in bringing you know connecting to those people wherever they are and which culture on which time <laughs> they are there they are present you know it's a very it's a very uh, different time experience also because it they are there and then they speak and and you sense oh wow this is um and from that from that dialogue something emerges that is then what i how i bring it together in my voice and and kind of my little voice in the in the big in the big dialogue of of culture and, uh, and that's why i really enjoyed writing to enter that kind of dialogical space mm. wonderful and yeah just coming up for me is that striking sense that the for those philosophers, for you know, the founding fathers of the United States and so on, <clears throat> when they were engaging in that work, it wasn't the past, it was the present for them. Um, and it's quite encouraging when you can discover these, uh, these polymaths and these pioneers who were able to respond to their own circumstance, their own time. Um, even for me recently, Pierre Teilhard de Jardin has been incredibly inspiring. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, a chaplain in the First World War and writing his masterwork in the middle of the Second World War. And it was so amazing for me to see like, oh, he was able to still see and birth this poetic vision whilst everything in the world was uh, in conflict and chaos. Um, and so that sort of gives us courage in the present moment to, to find that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I wonder, and this is a really big question. So I'm wondering about the German aspect of this and the project of bringing this deeper philosophy, this deeper poetry back into contemporary German culture, and also the sort of project of Thomas Steininger and Elizabeth DeBald that you are closely in collaboration with. Um, talk to me a little bit about the particular significance of this for Germany today. Uh, yeah, the question indeed. I mean, I think there is a there is definitely a, a, a broken relationship to that tradition that I just named the romantic tradition uh, in Germany, and also with philosophers like Heidegger, because because I mean Heidegger directly he he had this uh, closeness to 
to national socialist thinking, at least for a certain amount of time, but it seemed also later this kind of uh, anti-Semitic uh, statements in his diaries and things like that. So, so he is in Germany um, handled with care, or we say handled <laughs> with <laughs> with a lot of uh, distance, and 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 he's much there. For instance, in the United States, there is much more freedom in engaging with what he maybe the significance of his thinking is, like Hubert Dreyfus did and others, you know, John Viveki also draws on him or Ian McGilchrist. And so people that are not from Germany have a much more freer relationship to to dive into that. And, and Thomas Steininger also, um, you know, it contributed a lot to my understanding of, of particular Heidegger. And 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 it's true. I mean, for any German, I think it, this this needs to be in the in the picture. And I also try to do that in my own writing, not so much in this book, but in the next book that is already forming. But but uh, to also understand um, um, that um, how you say that that there's also a shadow, like. A, to all to everything there's also a shadow to this poetic dimension it can be used it can be used heavily and it was heavily used by the by the nazis in germany they drawn on that romantic tradition to to connect the people to the land i mean they used this kind of emphatic language of hölderlin for instance and his kind of poetry about german cities or also kind of his going back to the to the greeks and this kind of uh, uh very yeah emphatic language and they use that to kind of for their ideology you know and also kind of undermine the christian tradition but saying yeah we're going back to the roots and all those kind of things so and with the romantics they use that heavily too and 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 there is also uh, a way how you can manip manipulate manipulate people through this through this deep connection mm. and for me it was really a, a very uh, uh, deep experience um, when I read a book by a German um, um, author her name is uh, Ulla Berkewitsch he wrote a book Engels in Schwarz und Weiß is it called and it's actually telling the story of, of uh, two young friends who were kind of through this um this law for poetry and and the kind of meaning crisis that they were in in their time drawn into into the nazi ideology mm. that they felt oh wow this is really giving back meaning it's kind of bringing back greatness bringing back the heart the soul you know wagner music and and you know it was and i and i could and she is writing it in a very interesting very very poetic way and she was also criticized for that how she is doing that but for me, it was really I saw. Oh, I could, I could be that one. I could be. It could happen to me, <laughs> and and that was very. It was painful, and I could see. Oh, wow! It's really. So also this this poetic uh, dimension needs to be um, handled uh, very. Um, how you say that? Um, considerably, considerate. Mm. You know, and 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 kind of brought together with a with a rational understanding, a moral understanding, an ethical understanding. So 
so I think um, so I think that's that's really important, and I think that's that needs to be in the picture in this. But I think also it is a wound in Germany in a certain way to be cut off to be cut off from this tradition also because um, Germany because it was used in the in the from by the Nazis it was also a bit uh, dangerous to talk about those things mm. in Germany not dangerous but yeah kind of maybe not better not go there and there have been people who were kind of pushing against that and uh, also people like Josef Beuys for instance who was a you know famous artist but he also had a quite a poetic uh, sense of of um, changing the world through for our creative capacities and our imaginary capacities and things like that but i think generally um in germany there is a there is still a kind of sense yeah it's it's um this is also dangerous dangerous territory to bring to bring for instance po a poetic sense of of the world and of life back into yeah maybe something like uh, politics and things like that so so it's a it's a mm. yeah it's a, that's that would be a, a conversation on its own a long yeah. one but i think but i think it's something to to re-engage with because it's it's also a cultural treasure that that uh i think um in a certain way give give this kind of misuse by the nazis too much um power kind of from from now mm. to let it be kind of consumed by that and and to to sit to be aware of that but also look what you know what they what they had to say also what someone like heidegger had to say because i think there's a, a lot in there too and and to to find a way to to connect to these traditions in a way that is also aware of the of the dangers yeah it strikes me that that um holding of the shadow of these past um movements and ideas you know also beyond germany really for any um any modern culture who's looking to draw on the roots whether it's christianity catholicism you know for the for the chinese and their own lineage and so on um, each of us have to somehow navigate that integration of, you know, moving from the place of, well, that went wrong, that went bad, reject all of it, to, okay, what was good in it and what, what were the tensions and can we sort of hold all of that? And um, for me, I, I definitely sense there is this, like, misunderstanding still between Germany and the world and something about this there's something quite wordless about what that sort of thing is like it's very hard to bring to words what that um, disconnect is but it's been really interesting for me as a <clears throat> as an outsider as a person who grew up in England to go on my own journey with Germany, sort of starting in Berlin and then visiting other parts and to really rediscover this, um, this folk culture, you know, in the, in the beautiful sense of it, in the architecture, in the villages, 
um, and to to sort of dwell in that. And for me, it feels like the there's just something about that past that I'm really drawn to understanding more deeply. And I walk around the cemeteries here and I look at the gravestones of the soldiers from the first world war. And I see the soldiers from the second world war. And, you know, these are the Nazis, these are the bad guys of history, but they're also people and like looking into their faces and like getting a sense for like, you know, who were these people? And very often you see that it was the, um, you know, the fathers had died in the first world war and the sons then went to the second. And so there is this real um, important connection between what happened in that sort of turning point of the modern age of the first world war and everything that followed. Um, but you've, you know, you of course grew up long, long after all of these events in a certain sense in, in the opening of a new Germany, um, you talked about in your biography that the fall of the Berlin wall was kind of a critical moment in your life. I'd be interested. Um, yeah, and sort of what your your experience has been of German history as a lived experience. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> also a big topic. Question, so thank you for. Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in, in East Germany, and so so um, that's a whole chapter. <laughs> but um, so and. Yeah, I mean, our view of history is always also shaped, you know, by the culture we are in. And and in East Germany, there was there was told a, a whole different history of Germany. You know, in many ways, it was a socialist uh, history. It has its own, you know, it focused on its own ideological points that that were of importance. You know, like you know that just you know the, the tradition that they that was kind of upheld there with Karl Marx and all of that you know that's how, wow. how it was it was its own it was also its own writing of history and also of recent history it was it was also a myth that that you could say a mythic understanding a narrative that East Germany was built on that that um, you know the Nazi Germany is now you know the kind of that East Germany is the good Germany, so to say, you know, it is the anti-fascist Germany and, and kind of West Germany is kind of carrying forth the tradition of, of fascism in a kind of milder version, but it can break out at any time. And that's why we need to wow. uh, save us or protect us and build a wall, for instance, and be very, um, very, um, very uh, protective and militarized and all of this kind of things and and i i mean i kind of because i had to me what i learned in school about the vision of socialism and communism it spoke to a kind of idealistic heart in myself i felt this sounds good to me it sounds promising to have a society where there's more equality and more not so much power relationship but the people that the people own own everything and can thrive i mean that's basically the idea 
in a certain way. I mean, the and when I was like 15 or maybe I, I started to see, oh, wait a moment there, it's not really fitting. <laughs> the, the reality that I was encountering and those, those ideals, they were not working. They were not fitting. It was not, it was not lived in the culture. So that made me think and, 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 um, and at the same time, I also, there was also this deeper longing because it was also a very uh, rationalist culture. You know, it was a kind of materialistic uh, rationalism that was kind of taught that said, you know, everything religion is, is uh, what's the word, opium. Uh, I don't know what the English word is. It's kind opium of opium for the masses. Yeah, opium for the masses. And also inner life. Also, it was a collective culture, you know, your own inner you know, uh, longings to be, to bring something into the world, to, to unfold was not met at all. It was kind of a very kind of collective, um, uh, atmosphere, you know, be, be part of the collective, a good, a good citizen, a good worker, a good, a good, uh, hero of socialism <laughs> kind of thing. And, and for me that, that, uh, that, and at this time in my youth, I discovered the poetic uh, kind of poetry. And I became frustrated and resignated with, with, with the culture I was in, this kind of coldness that I felt and not really connecting and it connecting to, to a deeper sense of, of being connected to life. Mm -hmm. And I found that in nature, I was very much a lot of nature and in poetry and also in music. I, became part of this whole Gothic and Gothic scene that was also in Germany. In East Germany, there was a kind of a subculture of people, you know, punk and Gothic and, and, meet, and meeting each other. And there were kind of small bands that were touring. And it was always all kind of under, under the radar of the Stasi or more or less under the radar. But there was a scene like that. And I felt at home there because I felt there was this kind of longing to to envision a different world, to speak more to inner longings and things like that. So, so that was my own kind of um, atmosphere that I was that I was in when when the wall came came down, and then this whole thing opened up, and and it was it was a big promise then, and a big possibility space, and and I'm grateful for that also that I had this possibility space then in my life and and I get and also through my life my own history with with this upbringing and with the conditioning of East Germany which is also a certain conditioning and and uh, kind of installs certain patterns in your self and that has been also a, a constant uh, path of inquiry into that and liberation and healing also and um and for me poetry was always kind of um um helping me also to to see those uh, patterns or also for healing you know and and for instance uh, for me uh a kind of healing moment also in the research of the, in the of the book was uh 
when I dived a bit into uh, this German, East German singer and poet, Gerhard Gundermann is his name. There has been a movie about him and he was, he was very, uh, um, felt very much connected to, to his life question because he was, he was also in East Germany in touch with this vision of socialism and wanted to to be there for that and believed in it, but he wanted to also infuse it with, with poetry and with this depth dimension and, and, and kind of really also bumped against the authorities. But he does, didn't want it to just escape like others have done, but he wanted to still believe to be able to change this from the inside. And, and he has a deep poetic heart and, and this kind of discoveries, they, they are kind of also I feel I, I integrating that and also the the German history for me also when, when the war came down and also through spiritual work I discovered also my own um, the shadow aspect of of German culture or history in myself in a deeper way also Nazi uh, times and what what is there in the German soul and and for me also poetry helped me a lot with that i had a phase where i was reading a lot of uh, jewish poet poets there are many german speaking jewish poets that are that are uh, amazing you know paul Celan, for instance i read him uh, along for a long time daily and and this was really also a healing for me to to um, to find this resonance in the depth of the soul and the heart uh, beyond or beneath all this uh, this violence and pain, you know. And still, like I said, maybe I could have been someone that was how you say seduced into that <clears throat> that thinking at that time. But still now being here and being German, I felt reading Salon, for instance, I felt um, just also facing, I mean, he found words, I think also for the horror of the Holocaust in a way that is, that is just beyond words. It's, 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 it just fa uh, brings you, me, it brought me into the space of, of just facing the horror without, um, needing to do anything or to find a solution but just say oh this happened and i felt that that's also a quality of poetry to just be able to speak the unspeakable and 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 stay with it and also listen in a way from a place that that is just deeper than any kind of um mental listening in a way and and through that being with what has been and what is that that I feel also generates a certain healing um, quality and then yeah I also went to Israel a few times and so th that was also part of my of my healing and still is you know and and it's still it's still um, it's still alive for me and also in writing this book this came this came also life and I feel also there is a big um, 
a big significance of the poetic dimension of life for this kind of healing in many ways. I mean, this is happening in many ways with colonialism, with, you know, the, the treatment of indigenous cultures all over the world. I mean, I think for this healing, there is so much need uh, in, at, at the moment also. So I think there also this poetic dimension can, can um, yeah, can also support. Wow. Mike, I'm really grateful to, for you to sharing that historical journey, even just a small amount of it, because it was so <clears throat> rich and so alien to me, like the possibility of um, growing up in a, a communist education system and, and this, you know, personal and collective process of coming into a deeper relationship with the past that you sort of have embodied. And I think there's something really wonderful about, um, you know, you, you sharing your process with it and other people sharing their process with it can somehow uh, inspire and give companionship to others who are going through their own unique journey with it. And I really recognize the courage and truth of like seeing oneself in the, in the villain, um, in the bad guy. And it's something that in my own journey, I felt as you speak to, uh, far beyond Germany, there's so many instances of, of darkness and cruelty in human history that uh, I think it's some ways a rite of passage or an initiation for all of us to um, reach that place where we can sit into what has occurred without needing to change it, just to be with it. And um, yeah, that's a rapturous, uh, soul-rending, sort of thing to go through, but also a real profoundly healing and opening place to go as well. So I think we are just closing up on today's conversation. We're doing a shorter one today, but I hope we will speak again. And um, yeah, really grateful to you for coming on to Sense Space today, Mike. Um, any closing words uh, for this conversation or for people listening? Um, yeah, please. Yeah, just thank you very much for this conversation. And I'm really happy to, to continue this. And uh, feels always also a gift. I mean, that's the gift of dialogue. I feel also being, you know, speaking with each other like we just did about, about, about this, this deeper journey into, into, into the soul or the installment of 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 each other of our lives and of the world and then yeah for me that's really also the, the the essence of of a poetic um way of being in the world and i definitely hope we can continue this conversation i really enjoyed it also the way you kind of brought things out that I had not thought about for a while. <laughs> and 
It's always interesting to to hear one's to hear oneself say those things. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. And you know, I'm always drawn to interesting and weird things, but uh, you know, going towards those things always brings out something really alive. So thank you thank you so much yeah thank you very much